Um, so the first part, let's begin. Um, we, re we read in, in Exodus chapter 6, Va'era, as we read from the Torah before. And by the way, um, Eddie or Rachel, um, someone who's going over, over there, um, when I have the second part, I'm going to want those people who are there to come in. Okay. Um, we, we read that God, God spoke further to Moses and said to him, as we read before, I am Adam, I am Hashem, Adonai, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as El Shaddai, yet by my name, Adonai, um, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage where they journeyed. Furthermore, I have heard the groaning of B'nai Yisrael from the, whom the Egyptians are keeping in bondage, and so I have remembered my covenant. Now, Hashem is a, is a covenant keeper. And like we spoke before, if he promises something, He's going to continue it until it comes to completion. And, um, and he says, Therefore say to B'nai Israel, I am Adonai, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. So remember the first thing he's saying is, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Here and, and two, I will deliver you from their bondage, and I will three, I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments, and I will take you to myself as a people, and I will be your God. You will know that I am Adonai, your God, who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And then he says, So I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob and give it to you as an inheritance, I am Adonai. And so, there was, um, those four, as, as we speak every Passover, those four verses of, of what he's going to do, that each, in Judaism, that represents each cup of wine for the four cups of wine in the Passover Seder. But that, again, that's, um, that's a tradition taking, taking those four things that, that Adonai says he is, is going to do. And then it says, uh, Moses, verse 9 of chapter 6, Moses spoke this way to B'nai Israel, but they did not listen to him because of their broken spirit and cruel bondage. So they didn't listen to Moses. And Adonai told Moses, go speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he will let B'nai Yisrael go out of this land. And, but Moses said to Adonai, but wait a minute, wait a minute, O Lord, they didn't listen to me. So if they didn't listen to me, why are you telling why are you telling me to speak to Pharaoh if my own brothers and sisters don't listen to me? How much greater is Pharaoh 
not going to listen to me. And he, so he, he said that, and he was, you know, he was upset, but, um, but God just wanted him to trust. Now, even though, even though they did not listen, if God says, go and speak, then you need to go and speak. Whatever God is telling you to do, you have to do. Now, I've, I've spoken this many times that, that God, over the last couple of years, has said to me, God has said to me, to go down south and tell me to leave here. I didn't leave here. But he told me to go down south and begin a work there because I sent you into a harvest field of my people. And he's talking about the, the Jewish people. And also, he said to Raquel and to me, and it is time to gather with your family because, because we, were, we were not with our family for 14 years that we lived up here. And we missed lots of events and the kids are growing. Now we have grand, not only our children, but grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And, and, God, and God wants the families to stick together and he wants the families to be united and he wants his light to shine forth his light to shine forth from from the families so so i had, so when people ask me why are you moving or why are you going down there? And I said, because God spoke. And I had it confirmed. When you believe God's speaking to you, you got to go to elders and have, and have things confirmed. You always have to do it. I've always done that. I know too many people who have made mistakes because they said God was telling them to do something and they were they were they were wrong and and um, and I keep thinking about I always think about this one couple who was part of our congregation in in the uh, I think in the 90s 90s and 2000 and early 2000s and um, they they came in one day and they said, you know, we're moving and they're moving to, they told me the state that they're moving to. And I said, why is this urgent? They said, no, we just feel we're supposed to move there. I had such a check in my spirit. I just knew it wasn't of the Lord. And I just, and I, I told them that. And I said, um, I said, you know, this is America and you can do whatever you, you want to do. But I have to tell you, you're making a mistake, and you really shouldn't. You really shouldn't be doing this. 
uh, you really shouldn't be doing it. But they didn't listen, and they did it. And um, let me see if if I'm causing if I'm causing that. Let me put it over here. Let's see now if that static still comes. It could have been from where, where it was. So sounds better. But that's also a spiritual principle, which just happened. You, if something is going wrong, you should always examine yourself first. See, am I the cause of what's going wrong? And then... If you find out you are, then you change. Like I just found out that I was the cause of the static. <laughs> so I ch changed it, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> right. And then, um, but then, but that's, that's a spiritual principle. But anyway, this, this couple, and then they went away, they moved, and um, they, it just totally, totally destroyed them where it totally destroyed them. They ended up having to move back in just a few weeks or something like that, and it destroyed their family, and it destroyed their health, and um, it was just, it, it was a horror story. And, you know, you feel bad because you, you, uh, you get a little red flag, God gives it to you, and you tell someone, and you wish that they could listen, but... You know things, but but people have to make up. People have to make up their own mind. So anyway, so we were we were reading. Um, you know, so Adonai, so Moses said to Adonai, but they're, they're not going to listen to me. But when God speaks and when God tells you something, you just have to do that. And of course, as we know, He spoke. And Pharaoh's heart got hard, more hardened and more hardened and more hardened, but God deli delivered them. God is a God who delivers from, from afflictions. God visits us. He sees our affliction, and he delivers us. And this is for each and every one. How many of you are going through some type of situation that you need God to deliver you or someone in your family out of? Now, raise your hand. And we look at it and almost every single person raises their hand. Why? Because that's what happens. That's life. That's life. And these afflictions come. And sometimes it's people's health. Sometimes it's babies, sometimes it's the elderly, sometimes it's your job, your relationships, whatever it is. But God sees. And we need to know that just as God delivered B'nai Yisrael, God will deliver us from whatever condition we need deliverance from. Now, um, uh, we have to trust in him. And one of the hard parts about trusting in him is 
Because when we want the deliverance, we want it now. But, but just think about it. Think about the slavery that they were in. Think about all the afflictions that our people were in. And think about at the right timing, God delivered them. And God brought them into the promised land. And they are a people and a land and a nationality. Today, thousands of years later, you know, yes, there's all the afflictions that happens to them and, the, and, and many countries are against them. But guess what? Scripture says all the nations will be against them because God has a plan and God will do whatever he can so people can see him and people can, no matter how, where they come from, how much hatred there is in them, so people can see them, can see God through his plan and people can repent and come to him. So, so we have to understand that that when God visits us, we might respond with a little bit of resistance or we might get down on our knees and worship him when he visits him like the elders in Israel did. God has a word for us, all of us. And I stand on that word, Raquel, and I stand on that word. And it is, I know my plans for you. It's plans for good and not evil. It's plans for a hope and a future. So, whatever God is doing, sometimes we just don't see his plan. But we have to trust in him. It doesn't mean we don't go through times of illness, times of being upset, times of being without. But it does mean that God has a plan and he has plans for us and they are good, not evil. And he wants us to trust him. So as, as I spoke last week, when I spoke about the vision, and I want to put something about the, the vision in every, in every um, message. And that is, I'm going to say Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. The people cast off, off restraint or the people perish. Where there is no vision, this, this happens. And I've, I said last week, we need to try to remember what the vision is of our congregation. And we spoke a little bit about it last week, and we want, again, to understand uh, have, our vision, obviously, is based on Yeshua, He's the foundation 
of the heavenly vision. And we are a Messianic Jewish congregation, which means we're made up of people born Jewish and not born Jewish, one in Messiah, no difference, one in Messiah. And, and, and I don't say uh, made up of people, of, of, I never say um, Jew and Gentile because when you're a believer in the Messiah, you're not a, and, and you're not born Jewish, you're not a Gentile. Gentile is the nations. You're part of the commonwealth of Israel. So we are one in Messiah and we have to follow the vision if we're here, we have to follow the vision of the, of the congregation. And I read it last, last week, and um, I will speak about it I, I, again. I want to continue to read. I want to continue to read the vision um, and, and the mission. And the mission is to further the revival of the Messianic Jewish community begun by Yeshua and his disciples in the first century, making disciples as they did in the context of their Jewish identity. So let us remember, when we follow certain tradition, someone at, at our synagogue last night asked, how come sometimes I see that, you know, we, we bow when we say Baruch or something, and I say that it just became a tradition, but the reason why is because Baruch the, it means to, to bow your knee. To, it means bless, but how do you bless? The root of it is to bow your knee. So, so a lot of people have done that and do that, and I, I, I have a tendency to, to do that, and that's it. But that's not, you, you can be blessed whether you bow your knee or you don't. <laughs> it's just being blessed. It's not you know. It's nothing you have to you have to do. But what I'm saying is, we follow a lot of Jewish tradition because we're a Messianic Jewish com uh, congregation. We are a an achad, a one, uh, as they said, of people born Jewish and not born Jewish. But let us remember of uh, any of the tradition that we do, the tradition. Is, is typically rabbinic. It comes, typically comes from starting at um, around 96 CE, the Council of Yavne, and developed over, over the years. Sometimes uh, some of the things were done a little bit before that. But that's just tradition. It's not that the Word of God is saying that, but the Word of God is the authority. That is the authority, the word of God, not the tradition. It doesn't matter, you know what, if um, the word of God doesn't say, I need a podium. I could have a music stand. I could have no notes. I could have notes. I could use this. I could take a chair and sit down. I could stand up. It doesn't matter. What matters is that God tells us to speak the word, study the word, and teach, and make disciples out of the nations. That's what God is, is telling us. So, the mission statement is to pray for and help bring about revival by teaching, by teaching 
the Jewish people about their Messiah. That's the number one thing. Teach your Jewish people about it. Meet people. You may have people in your family. You may have neighbors. Let them know. Let them see the light of God that shines forth in you. Second is to function as a Messianic Jewish community. And we have plans to do even more. We used to. We haven't for a while, but we have new plans of what we are going to do as a Messianic Jewish community. To worship, third is to worship God through Yeshua by the Ruach HaKodesh. Four is to make disciples. Five is to retain our Jewish identity and support Israel. And five is to be a, an outreach to our community. Be an outreach to the, commu to the community no matter who, yes, first we always want to be an outreach to our Jewish people, but come, go to the community, and to people born Jewish or not born Jewish, reach out to the community. Let them see the Spirit of God. Let them see the light of God. And then they will see God, not us, but they will see God, and they will turn around and repent, and we will be used to increase the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So praise God for that. So that is, um, to, to sum up, we, we see that God delivers his people and, um, and sometimes when God visits us, opposition and affliction increase before he delivers us. Just like what happened with with the Jewish people in Egypt. And it's better to question God like, Lord, what is happening? Rather than to just give up and quit. Because if you give up and quit, you're saying God is not on the throne. So we need to just... Um, just trust, pray and trust and worship him and know he'll deliver us. And remember, if you're part of this congregation, you need to really understand the vision and the mission and be part of it and take advantage of all that Hashem has for us. Praise God. Now... Um, that was that was um